Let's talk about WhatsApp, Signal and Telegram. Let's also discuss the death of Mohammed Hassan in Cardiff. What about John Richard Archer, the former mayor of Battersea and the first black person to hold a senior public office in London? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Look at situations from all angles and you'll become more open. The Dalai Lama. So, this week, what's happened this week? There's a few things, a few things, not, not, not as much as usual. You know, the, the, everything is kind of consumed with everything that's going on with the vaccines and COVID and stuff like that. But it was uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday this week, um, the 15th of January. Um, and there's a new documentary coming out um, called ML- MLK um, and the FBI. And it's based on um, surveillance in, that the FBI were doing on him um, when he was alive. It's got some interviews from his contemporaries um, like Clarence Jones and Andrew Young and also former uh, FBI agents. So that should be a good watch. I'll, I'll look out for that. I mean, obviously we've seen loads of different um, shows in regards to Martin Luther King. Um, but I think there might be some new stuff in this or, you know, they go a bit deeper in it. But it's available on Amazon Prime. So I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely will be catching it over the coming days for sure. So I found out about um, John Richard Archer, um, former mayor of um, Battersea, and he was basically the first um, black person uh, to hold a senior public post, public office in, in London. Never heard of him before this week. Um, so basically he lived in a, is it 55 Brian Mayer Road in Battersea um, for almost 20 years. They've got a blue plaque up there for him as well. Um, I, think, I think at some stage I'm probably going to do, yeah, probably take a tour of these historic places and you know check out these blue plaques and these you know these these, these famous people because half of them I'm realizing as times again I've never heard of these people and their stories are so interesting so yeah that's going to be on my bucket list of things to do at some stage especially as movement around the world isn't um isn't uh, um, back to normal as as yet so it's about finding things to do more closer to home so that might be one of them so yeah so he was born in um liverpool in um june 1863 to um bayesian um ship steward and irish his mother was irish irish woman so um yeah so i think they said that the, the census records um said that at one stage he was a professional singer he might have also studied uh, medicine at one time but he, he got into he got into politics after attending a Pan African um, conference held in uh, in London in 1900. Um, after leading after meeting leading members of the African diaspora, so yeah, very interesting, very interesting man. I, like I said, he's the first the first um, professional uh, black person to hold a senior public office in London. So. It's quite significant, and you know these are the kind of things. As I keep saying, these are the kind of things Britain needs to speak about. You know, this is English history, and at least you know 
children of African descent, at least they, hearing these kind of things gives them a closer, um, a closer bond and a close, you know, a f- makes them feel more part of society when, when some things subtly kind of suggest, uh, you know, that, that they're not part of society or things that happen to them make them feel alienated. But if they're hearing about histories, um, you know, such as John Richard Archer, it, it makes it a little bit more realer. So, so much benefit in, in just, just telling the world's history, you know, in its full, vibrant and colourful way, you know, about it all. So, um, but yeah, so John Richard Archer, um, he, he passed away in, uh, it was July the 14th, um, 1932. But yeah, definitely one to look up, look up his story, especially as it's a British story as well. It's good to get these, these British, these black British stories out, historic ones. So, as I said at the beginning, um, COVID, you know, it's dominated the news as, as it would. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of talk about um, the lung damage that it causes um, this week. Um, I've had a lot of conversations about that, how, you know, but basically, you know, once it gets into your lungs, that's, you know, even if you get through COVID and things are okay, sometimes your lungs are are never the same after that and, and that can cause problems for f- in the future that maybe wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for COVID so so that's that's something that we've been speaking about quite a bit um Oxford University um suggested that um uh, basically that well not even suggested they found that even after like three months three to four months after the initial infection there's still some lung damage um, in, in the pe- patients that they studied. Um, they studied, uh, the patient group was between 19 and 16, and they was using some new new scanning techniques um, called the Xenon technique. Um, and yeah, so it, I think the ordinary scanners don't wouldn't have picked it up, so they use these special scanners that do pick it up, so this is why they've recently found it out. So yeah, so... Um, but most of the patients, the, the people that they used, these were people that already had persistent um, shortness of breath, um, tiredness, um, et cetera. And, and like I said, they, it all turned out that they all have lung damage well after being infected and well after coming out of hospital and stuff. So, yeah, learning new things about this new infection week by week, day by day. In America, variants found uh, first in the U.K., have now become the dominant strains in um, in the US, which is quite interesting. I'm, I'm wondering in the future what has that going to affect our travel? If that's you know that that's that's not a good advertisement for the UK, you know, um, a UK strain being there and and being the most dominant. They say I think I think they're saying at least by by March um, that that's going to be the official state of fear. So it's probably leading up to that now. Um, but as I said things are changing day by day you can't even plan that far ahead anything could happen by march so so yeah but that's what's being said um so obviously we've recently heard about a new brazilian variant and thankfully um they're saying that they're not they're not that concerned about that variant um i think it was professor wendy barkley was saying she's not that concerned about it so whatever that means um but yeah, the the Brazilian uh, variation it was detected in travellers um, from Japan between Brazil and Japan, um, thought to be more infectious, but 
not something that they're too worried about. So, again, we just have to see how that all pans out. But needless to say, it still led to travel travel bans um, from South, South America and Portugal um, in regards to the UK. So, it's, I think, you know, well, everyone's being super cautious now. The truth is, though, they should have been super cautious at the very beginning, you know. I mean, I remember last year, March, you know, I had family members coming from Italy who, you know, Italy, Italy if you remember that back then at the beginning, you know, it was really, really bad in Italy. And when he came back from Italy, um, there was no checks, you know, and it, it was amazing to me then. So, you know, the fact that they're talking about, uh, you know, being strict on the borders now, it's, it's good, but it's a little bit late, a little bit late, unfortunately, you know. So, but yeah, but it's, it's, it's hard to make the right decisions around this. I don't, I don't think anybody on the planet can make 100% correct decisions around what's going on. But, um, but yeah, so we can obviously see the gaping holes in, in a lot of the things that have been done, but we're... We're here, and you know I'm an eternal optimist. So I'm I'm pretty sure we'll we'll get through this, um, but it's, you know, and I and I, I I personally believe. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I I can't see how everybody is not going to catch this virus at some stage. You know, I just really feel like everybody's going to catch it at some stage. It's going to affect people differently depending on their health and underlying issues and. Some people are going to have a bad time with it, you know, at the extreme end of that, and some people are going to have a not-so-bad time with it, you know. So, but we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, and they've also they've, they've confirmed that you can, you know, you can catch it twice and, and things like that. They've done tests on that. But the, t- the tests they did, I think they, they did it on just over 6,000 uh, people who previously had the virus. And then I think it was only 44 people um, that actually got it again. So even though they're, they're saying the reinfection is uncommon, it's still possible, you know. So which pretty much means, you know, regardless if you've had it before, you still have to act like everybody else who haven't had it before. So, it's, you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a free pass to do whatever you want pretty much that's pretty much what that means to me anyway um and they also say you know once you've had it as well you've got like a roughly a five-month window where you won't catch it but like i said after that it is possible though it is uncommon um and in the the pharmacies in the uk um will be vaccinating people and uh, moving forward um obviously you know uh, it'd be by via invite um and invite letter etc from your gp or whatnot it won't be just walk up there and say can i have a jab and you will have to go through the 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 normal process but they will be helping out with the mission to vaccinate people um it's also uh reported that um uh black ethnic uh, minority you know that's that's the term they like to use um yeah what do they say what do they call it black asian ethnic minority ethnic people um, basically are less less willing to have the vaccine um, than white people basically that's basically what the poll um, done by the Royal Society of Public Health suggested so 
So that's the, the basically said that just over half half black people, black and Asian people, um, would be happy to have it. But on a percentage-wise, it's fifty. Basically, it's fifty-seven percent um, said they would take the vaccine, compared to seventy-nine percent of white people who said they would. So there's a stark difference there. So um, there's doctors. There's a, a doctor sued um, from the NHS. Said um, the officials are working with the South Asian um, role models and influencers and community leaders, religious leaders, to try and debunk some of the myths and kind of encourage them to 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 take the vaccine so that's that's one of the ways they're doing it and then dr samara um afzal um she's also she's also spoken about um people in dudley um west midlands um not willing you know not willing to take it they've been offered appointments a lot of people from the south asian community um declined refused vaccination so so yeah, people are people are skeptical. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've I'd pretty much say from the people that I know, it's pretty much fifty fifty. You know, I'm I'm not surprised to hear those figures like that. But yeah, the people that I've spoken to, it's pretty much fifty fifty. And uh, to be fair, as times going on, I am hearing more people um, accepting of of taking the vaccine, which is which is interesting. You know, it's interesting how things change over time. There's a lot changing though. There's a lot going on. So. But I feel it's everybody's choice. You know, people people have to choose. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's comprehension of what's going on. Everybody's experience is different. So, you know, we have choice. So people people need to make their choice when they're offered it. You know, um, what else has come out? Um, also, um, so it's turned out that um, gorillas are the latest animal known to be able to catch. COVID-19, um, they, they tested a gorilla in San Diego Zoo and Safari Park in California, and, and yeah, the gorilla tested positive. Um, so, so I think that's, what is it, minks? I mean, since it originally started, I've heard minks, and now we've got uh, gorillas, we've got humans, obviously. Um, I'm sure there was, there was tigers as well at one stage. We heard about tigers, but... Yeah, it develops over. T- yeah, it, things things are, are going how they go. So, I'm really glad to say um, no. There's been no youth deaths um, due to youth violence, which is always a, a beautiful thing. You know, long may that continue. Hopefully, that you know that will become more and more the norm as time goes on. Um, I'm obviously mindful. We are in a in a, in a lockdown and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just just it's just good that you know people are living, people are breathing and enjoying their life and their family as much as we're living in these challenging times. So it's always nice to be able to say no new violence has resulted in death over the past week. So, but we are in lockdown, as I said. So during lockdown, you know, we get have a lot of problems with well, not well, parents have a lot of problems with um, you know, juggling working from home and looking after the kids. So the BBC have um, got their lockdown learning situation on, which is really good, I think. I haven't watched any of it yet, but just the fact that they're doing something like that and being mindful of the struggles of parents through this time, um, trying to educate their kids from home. So they've put on, um, they've put school materials on the TV now and on player, on sorry, on iPlayer and online. So 
the resources are for children of all ages. Um, with, it's basically on the BBC um, online. It's on the BBC Bite Size website, and on TV. Um, you've got the programming for primary children, pupils um, on CBBC from 9am till 12 every weekday. And then programs for secondary school um, pupils on BBC Two from 1 till 3. Um, and also if you've got that red button thing, you can, do, you can um, get uh, bite-sized daily lessons on that as well. And on the iPlayer, you get all episodes um, available on catch up, you know, on, and then and on demand. So that's really good, man. That's that's anything to help parents, anything to maintain the children's level of education through this time, is an absolute plus. You know, if you're lucky enough to be a key worker and and your kids are able to get in school, um, obviously that that it doesn't disrupt your 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 child's education as much, but for those kids that have to stay at home, anything to add to that um, is is to their education is is a, is a good thing in my book. So um, another thing that's been taking up the news, not so much at this point because there's been a little bit of a lull since the since the riots, um, the Trump riot, um, but I'm sure that's gonna all flare up again um, around the time, uh, well, around the 20th, when Biden's officially sworn in. But Trump has made history again this week by coming to f- becoming the first president to be um, impeached twice. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's not one of the things he wanted to go down for. I think, to be honest, I've noticed, obviously, he's doing a lot of... Um, he's sorting out a lot, lot of executions that have been long-standing. So he's also going to go down as the president who... Um, okayed a lot of um, executions of, of people that were waiting on death row. So I, I don't know, I was, I was thinking today maybe he, he's trying to level out the negative press by being known, you know, for people that are into, um, you know, capital punishment. Um, for those sorts of people, maybe he, he's looking to garner some favour with them in history. Um, but to be fair, he's, he's, his time in office has been a mess, so I don't think there's... there's I don't think he can clear that up at all, <laughs> in short. But, um, but yeah, so he's the first president to be impeached twice, so that will go down. Um, the FBI have warned that there's possibly armed protesters planned for, at Washington, D.C., um, Across all and across all the fifty other states, um, in the run up to the um, Joe Biden's um, inauguration, of, um, which is coming next Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, Wednesday coming. So, so yeah, you have to just watch this space. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage it. Obviously, there's the, we've got scenes of you know uh, soldiers lined up within the within the capital, capital, um, the capital building, sleeping on the floor in there 24 hours a day. It's, it's just crazy, crazy scenes, crazy scenes. I didn't think I'd be seeing such things in my lifetime, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, we'll, but we'll see, we'll see. And off the back of his, all of the stuff that he's doing, even he plays a cameo role in um, Home Alone 2. And um, Macaulay Culkin um, has joined calls to get him get his cameo removed from Home Alone 2. So apparently there's a big campaign 
um, on Twitter to get him kind of rubbed out of there digitally and stuff. So, so yeah, they really, uh, you know, they really have had enough of Donald. Um, so yeah, this is the situation we're in. So in back back to the UK though. Um, in regards to Patrick Hutchinson, um, he's the 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 black male protester who was out there um, protesting for Black Lives Matter, um, and he's famous for now for carrying um, the anti BLM protester over his shoulder last summer. So a statue's been commissioned, um, built um, by commissioned by. Eunice Olamide and she commissioned um, Hector Guest um, to create this statue of Patrick Hutchinson so it looks really really good I I had a look at it and um, it really looks like him you know sometimes you can get these statues and they're a little bit off but um, this this sculptor's definitely got his face perfect and the build everything it just looks exactly as it looks in the picture and in real life um, but I did notice that they changed the the face of the man that he was carrying, and then I, I, I thought, oh, I wonder what's going on there. I wonder why why, why they've done that because it's blatantly not the same person's face. They just changed the face. But looking into it a bit more, um, what's happened is um, that it's basically it's the face of the sculptor. The sculptor's put his face on it, and. Um, Eunice um, Olamidi um, said that it was he. Dis- they decided to do that because um, the the piece of work is also an introspective examination of self. So, yeah, that's that's why it's um, his Hector guess um, face and it. So I think the the original guy was bald. You know that was the, the main feature that's that. But with this guy, he's got long hair, he's got mustache, etc. But yeah, nevertheless. Um, Hats off to Patrick, man. Patrick Hutchinson, he's done well. He's, he's gained down in the history books for all the right things. You know, in stark comparison to Trump, um, you know, they'll be talking about um, Patrick Hutchinson for many, many, many years to come. You know, especially if they can find a spot to in the capital, because that's what they're looking for, a space in the capital to, um, to put it up, a public space, you know, so all can see it. So hopefully they can secure a spot and, and that'll be it that'd be good because um, there's a lot I mean something like that is definitely needed that that will really um, you know it'll put a, it'll really uh, it will immortalise the time you know and it, it is a significant time I really think it's a significant time there's a, a lot of shift going on and there's still a lot of stuff going on I mean there's people protesting now in, um, in Cardiff over Mohammed um, Hassan who who was he's somebody he's a young man he was he was um he was arrested um kept in custody for a couple of hours released with no charge and then he died you know shortly after but apparently he come out with some bruises and cuts that he didn't go in there with and the family you know obviously the family are not happy obviously they've lost their, their child their their their, their brother etc um, and the family are claiming that um, he was assaulted in custody, hence why he ended up passing away. So hundreds of, pe- hundreds of people are, you know, protesting out there, talking about Black Lives Matter and emphasising that point. Um, the police are, you know, I think um, the police are em- emphasising that we are still in the lockdown and kind of encouraging people to social distance and, and stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, we need to really find out what happened, you know. Um, so the independent um, office of the police conduct um, is investigating the death. So it's all being investigated at this point. Um, and hopefully they get to the bottom of that sooner rather than later. Because um, you'd, I haven't, to be fair, I haven't heard a lot about it in, in mainstream media, um, but it's happening. Um, and yeah, we, we definitely need to get to the bottom of it. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye on that one. And also out in in, um, in Brazil, you know, we don't really, well, I don't know if we, I mean, I don't really hear that much about Brazil, you know. Obviously, there's a, there's a, a big uh, black community in Brazil. Um, but uh, a study came out recently um, that um, if you're young black, you're more likely to die in Brazil, basically. Um, thousands have been killed by police every year. Um, and after, I think basically they examined like 1,200 profiles of, of people who were killed in Brazil in 2020. Um, and it found in, in Rio, in that state of um, Rio de Janeiro alone, 75% of all of those people that died were black Brazilians, you know. So they've definitely got some problems there. And I know there's a lot of gang stuff that go on there, you know, in the barrios and stuff, but wow, 75% of all people that died are black Brazilians. There's, you know, so something's deeply wrong, you know, and deeply wrong and needs to be addressed over there. So definitely be keeping an eye on that too. Um so yeah, as I, I mean, lockdown is the is 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 the theme is is the is the thing that everybody's talking about, you know, because we're all living it, you know. They're talking about we're going to be in lockdown until at least August. Not sorry, not August, please, no, not that long. April, April, end of March, April. So yeah, so that is what everybody's talking about, and um, obviously when when we're in lockdown, you know things that have always happened tend to happen more and things like domestic violence is, is one of those things that happens more and more um so there's a new campaign well a new campaign a new initiative i suppose um so boots is going to be one a safe place um for domestic violence people so if you if if you're somebody who's suffering from domestic violence or at risk of domestic violence you can go into any boots at any time and there's basically a code word. If you just say, can I speak to Annie or just say Annie, um, they will know what that means and they will give you the support you need. So, so yeah, I mean, anything, anything to help um, people with in domestic violence situations is always a plus. So, so yeah, that is, that is um, a new initiative. And it's been Boris, Boris Johnson's basically said that, um, it's in two, two and a half thousand pharmacies across the UK. So, so you know, it's a significant portion of, of, of the boots. I don't know how many boots stores there are, but, um, but yeah, this is, this is the a thing. And, and basically, Annie actually means um, action, in, action needed immediately. It's an acronym for that. Um, so even though it sounds like the name, that's actually what it means. Um, so it's just basically letting letting victims raise an alarm uh, without tipping off the abuser, you know, when they're out shopping um, or if they're out on a, in a trip or whatever. But obviously if they're out there, you might be out there with, with the perpetrator. Um, and if you just pop into a booth and say that, you're, you're going to be in a safer situation because people will know to support and help you out of that situation. 
So yes, so other than looking after ourselves physically in those sort of situations, just generally, we need to, I feel like we need to just look after ourselves. You know, it's, it's, that's always been the case, not just because of COVID. It's just something that we should be doing, you know. We've, we've only got one body and our body does need certain things for it to uh, work to its optimum, you know. So some of the basic things, you know, being uh, being hydrated, you know, drinking loads of fluid, especially water, you know, eating healthy diet, because um, that fights if it's fight, that fights that's your helps your body fight infection alone. Just having a healthy diet, um, and obviously the opposite has the opposite effect. Um, getting plenty of rest, you know, plenty of sleep, you know, seven to eight hours sleep gives your body time to recover. That's always beneficial regardless of what the situation is um and things things to consume you know like soy um soy beans tofu uh, tempeh unsweetened yogurt and milk um most fresh vegetables including potatoes most fruits herbs spices um excluding things like salt though you know you, you don't want to be having too much salt um Mustard, uh, nutmeg, beans, lentils, uh, whole grains, millet, quinoa, herbal teas, um, fats like, not ordinary fats, not, not like greasy stuff and that, but fats like, um, like olive oil, um, avocados, nuts, seeds. You know, all of these things are going to help you stay healthy and keep your body functioning to its optimum. Along with exercise and and everything else, you know, having a balanced diet. But those are just some of the things that you know can ensure that you're you're getting all the bits and pieces that you need, you know, from a nutritional point of view. And obviously, you know, supplements as well. You know, th- those are things that help help aid it. So, I've, you know, the the biggest biggest news, to be fair, the biggest new news over these this coming week has been around WhatsApp. WhatsApp, the, 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 you know, they, a message has come on all of our phones um, talking about WhatsApp uh, and you have to okay something around privacy. And I've been, I've been kind of putting off, kind of digging into it because there's so many things coming about it, like swap to this one, they're going to do this if you don't do that. And, I was like, oh my goodness, here we go. And, you know, it's so time-consuming to find out and there's so many different opinions on what you should do. Some people have already migrated. Some people are waiting, like myself, to find out. So I took the time out, did a little bit of research, um, and I'm sure things will change as time go on. But these, these are the, the things that I found were um, that basically, um, they, they, basically, because of all of this kerfuffle, Facebook are not doing anything for the minute, you know. Um, they've pushed everything back till um, May, May the fifteenth at this point, um, and said they won't, they won't um, be doing anything. They won't be suspending or deleting any um, any uh, any WhatsApp stuff or whatever um, uh, on February the eighth. So I think that was the time they was originally going to do it, February the eighth. But they're not doing that anymore. Um, but off of the back of all of the confusion all of the you know people wanting to migrate the two other 
companies that um, do encrypted services, um, which are Signal and Telegram. They've had um, untold people kind of, you know, go over to them. Um, so they've benefited loads. Um, so obviously it sparked WhatsApp um, to, and Facebook to kind of slow down what they're doing and try to clarify what they're trying to do. So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if it's a stay or go thing. I think everybody's going to have to make their own decision. But what I have found out is that um, WhatsApp have said that the the data it shares um, from the users outside the EU and the UK doesn't include uh, messages, groups, or call logs. But it does include sharing phone number, your phone number, and other information provided um, on registration, such as your name. Um, also, information about uh, the user's phone, including the mate, the model, um, and the company, the mobile company that you're using. Also, um, your internet protocol, your IP address, um, which, which indicates your location um, and your internet connection, the user's internet connection and any payments or financial transactions made over WhatsApp. So those are the things that, that it will include. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure now that Facebook have, have put on pause what they was about to do, I'm sure they'll make things clear. So I'll be interested to hear what they say moving forward. In fact, I've, I have a kind of plan either way what I'm going to do, but um, I'll, I'll let this play out first and, and we'll see how it goes. But to be fair, I, I, I'm, I get the sense of people kind of panicking around this. But in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, it's social media. It's, it's something that we don't really need. We, you know, we like it because it's there and it's useful, but we can still text people. We can still phone people. It doesn't change that much, really, when you think about it. But we have got used to it, so I understand why people, um, people don't like change, um, generally, is, is what I found. But in reality, for me, like I said, if I can phone you and I can text you, that's good enough for me at this point. If, if there was something that was going to jeopardise me phoning you and texting you, especially in a lockdown where I can't come and meet you, as, as I would like to, um, that would be more challenging. But if it's just WhatsApp and stuff, it's, it is what it is. But like I said, we'll, we'll see how it goes as time goes on with that one. So I haven't really been watching too much TV since we got back into the, you know, we're back in the new year and, you know, we get busy trying to plan out what we're doing over the coming weeks and months and stuff. But um, I did manage to catch um, a really good show on the immune system on BBC One with um, Dr. Ronke Aikahara. Um, it was called uh, The Truth About Boosting Your Immune System on BBC One. It was about, I don't know, about a week ago it was on. Um, and it's basically um, presenting a, um, a definitive guide not only depending, not, not, only, def not only on defending yourself against um, COVID-19, but also boosting your strength for colds, flus, and, you know, we're in cold and flu season, so it's, it's always been beneficial for us to look at our immune system, as, a, <clears throat> as I've continuously said. So, um, 
but the summary of the show is it was a really good show. I like the way she she presents. I mean, she's a she's a doctor. She's a um, she's a, a fully fledged doctor, but I really like her her spirit and the way she she presents her shows. But um, the a summary of it is that um, having a fibrous diet is a good thing. To I mean, these are the things that are really good in regards to build, boosting your immune system. Having a fibrous diet, um, using vitamin D supplements. Uh, getting a good night's sleep um, will also boost your immune system. Um, having, and also, things a little bit, maybe, that you haven't heard, having a 30-second cold shower, yeah, as well as having massages. Who knew? The 30-second 30, the 30 shower, I've always known that that's, I've not, I've known that that's, that's been good for, you, for your system. Um, but I didn't know massages were good for your boosting your immune system. So definitely catch that on um on repeat. It's on repeat on on demand and that it's really it'd be on uh, BBC yeah it'd be on the iPlayer. So you catch it online as well. But yeah it's definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. And they they done it with a few a few people, you know, to kind of test the theory and took their blood before after six weeks and and yeah the outcome was really good. So yeah definitely one to watch. So a book that I've been asked to speak about today is Homegoing by Yar Gayasi. So it's about um, half-sisters, Effia and Essie, Essie rather, who were born in two different villages in the 18th century Ghana. One marries a British slaver, while the other is, told, uh, sorry, is sold into slavery and shipped to America. Um, so yeah, very interesting book. Looks sounds like a very interesting book. Sounds like something they might make a movie about at some stage even. But yeah. So so yeah, Homegoing by Yar Gayasa. And this, the name is spelled G well the first name is Y A surname is G Y A S I, just in case I haven't pronounced it correctly. So this has been it's been an eventful week. I think every week since this pandemic started has been an eventful week. Um, but look, there's nothing for us to be scared of. We need to be smart. We need to be wise. You know, there's certain things we ha- we need to do. But it's fear. Fear is not is, is not what we need at this point. I think. I think what we need to do is just just to be wise. You know. And, and 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 make wise decisions, you know, healthy decisions, you know, not just for us as well, you know. So everybody's got to make their decision. But we are, we're individuals, but we're part of society as well. So hopefully we can make decisions that reflect both sides of that, you know. Um, and, yeah, hopefully you, you, you know, the information, what we've, what we've just spoken about um, is something you'd like to share, you know, you know, if you could share it with at least one person that's not familiar with the podcast, that'd be great. Um, but other than that, thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. And hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.